Y'all out here still getting scammed by Sean King? It's a damn shame. The Griff Report starts now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the Hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? The one and only Hotep Jesus. Ryan Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Somebody said... What do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, and that's I was good. Just like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yes, I do think I'm Hotep <laughs> Jesus. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Hotep Jesus are those of Hotep Jesus's and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Hotep Nation or any of its officials. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our Office of General Counsel via the Chief of the Oh, oh, and What's up, people? Welcome back. I'm your host, the Griff God. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Hotep to the chat. Hotep. Oh, this is a real Hotep, brother. What's up, chat? What's up, Hoteps? Shout out to the Hoteps in the chat. Appreciate you, Sauce the Prophet. What up, bro? Carlos, Steph Colonel, AP, La Sombra, Joe Beard. What up, Jay Pylon? Respect, 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 respect to the chat. Black Hotep is in the Rumble chat. What up, Strong Dad? Goldstein, what up, man? Great debate on Friday. If y'all missed it, y'all got to go back to Friday's stream and watch that debate. Got to go back to Friday's stream and watch that debate. I'm glad things settled down between Rudy and Mike. It's good to see. And uh, we had a very entertaining and insightful debate between Strong Dad and uh, Goldstein on should felons lead and the importance of young Pharaoh, et cetera, et cetera. Amazing, amazing content. Um, right now I'm operating off of fumes. I've been up since 3 a.m. I, um, I had some nightmares and the nightmares woke me up. And then I was just up reading for a couple of hours and doing chess puzzles and writing down stuff on my to-do list. Uh, but as you know, Mondays are my heavy lifting day. So today is the Griff Report until four. Um, Wendy O at, 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 no, the Griff Report at, from two to four. See what I'm saying? My brain's not functioning. Where's my master focus? Where's my master focus? Let me, let me fix this right now. Um, Wendy O at four, probably like four to six. Um, then I'll probably take a nap after that. I got uh, football practice with the kids, seven thirty to nine. Chess from nine to ten, and then ten p.m. We have uh, Hotep's been told you two point oh with Uncle Hotep. Uh, so that's from ten to eleven, and I'm gonna crash directly after that. Uh, real quick, go to menoforder.com for your nootropic. I just popped my nootropic right there. Um, 
hit the earn button. If you hit the earn button, give you a chance to uh, become an affiliate. The affiliate program is now open to the public. I did have to deny somebody last week because they didn't plug in their um, social media network a link. Make sure you fill out the form as thorough as possible. Otherwise, I will deny it. Uh, also, 30% off coupon code is in the chat. Is also on the screen. Uh, so you can hit that QR code in the screen. We'll apply a 30% off discount. Currently, there's already a big slash on the product. So it's about 40 bucks a month. 39 is some change. And of course, it does come with free shipping and handling. We do cover that cost. So obviously, a lot of this stuff has to do with launching a new brand. So we want to bring you the best pricing possible. Uh, if you want to know the inner workings of what's going to happen, I'm going to release... Uh, the next iteration of our product to my locals and YouTube fam. So you can subscribe here on YouTube, but I prefer you subscribe on locals. Hotepjesus.locals.com. All right. Now that we've paid the bills, hopefully you're helping me pay the bills by supporting men of water, men of It's the best way to support me. Uh, make sure y'all do so ASAP. All right. So, your boy in the news, Sean Kingston, Sean King, a.k.a. Takamex, a.k.a. Lifetime Grifty Achievement Award. We're probably going to have to give him the Lifetime Achievement Award this year for the Grifties. Um, Takamex, a.k.a. Um, Frederick Douglass. Let's put him up on the screen. Let's put him up on the Summer Jam screen. There he is. Now, I'm going to bring this up. Oh, every time he comes to news, I have to bring this up. You guys got to remember that um, once upon a time, I was trying to warn people about the ill effects and the fraudulent behind the people behind Black Lives Matter because it just things just weren't adding up. I didn't need a whole lot of details and know things are not adding up. My third eye, my hotep senses were tingling. So let's go to the tape. This is 12.55 p.m. I remember this day. Uh, the phone was actually propped up on the window of the car when I recorded this. You can see how short the locks were. It's much skinnier, too. Let's go to the tape. First, it was funny money with the Haitian donations. Then it was funny money with the Trayvon Martin donations. His family already had a fund set up, but Sean King created his own. Hmm, I, I wonder, wonder why. why. Then it was funny money with the Tamir Rice donations. Moms never saw that money. You could Google that story. Then it was funny money with Bree Newsom when she climbed the pole and he promised to give her that money and she never saw that. He's funny money. Get this Rachel Dolezal all in the face ass nigga the fuck out of here, yo. Oh, this a real. Oh, this a real. Oh, this a real. Oh, this a real hotel, brother. Hotel's been told you. Uh, August 19th, 2015. So, you know, a lot of people like to say, oh, you hopped on the Trump bandwagon. Uh, no, I've been exposing these motherfuckers way before Trump decided to announce his run. I've been exposing these fuckers. And I'm going to continue to do it where I see it makes sense. But uh, there you go. Hotep Jesus been told you. So let's go down the memory hole. Pause. And just in case, let's bring this up. Let's pull this up on the screen. 
and let's show you exactly what happened. So this stuff uh, recently began with the uh, hostages released uh, by Hamas. And uh, Sean King made the news again and he started to get dragged by Twitter and he was trending and people are calling him Frederick Douglass and Taco Max and all these different things. So here on independent.co.uk says uh, activist Sean King has come to blows with the family of American hostages, Judith and Natalie Ronan. After he claimed that he played a role in securing their release from Hamas militants last week. Now, what in the hell? would Sean King possibly do to get people released by Hamas? What could he possibly do? Yeah, he got some connections at Hamas. He got some connections. He, hey, Hamas, listen, man, I'm just Sean King. You know, uh, I need you to let two of them ladies go. Like, really, what is he about to do? The row began after Mr. King said in a post on X, formerly known as Twitter, that he worked frantically behind the scenes to help make the release of the Ronins possible. He said he had been lobbying nonstop for the release of the mother and daughter behind the scenes with an electric group of 30 plus people that would normally never work together or get along. But the relatives of, of the two women later dismissed his claim, saying that Mr. King was lying and that the family never had anything to do with him. In a statement to DMZ, they said, first and foremost, we make it clear that he is lying. Our family does not and did not have anything to do with him, neither directly nor indirectly. Not to him and not to anything he claims to represent. The statement added, Natalie told us that this morning was the first time in her life that she came across Sean King's name in his post after she finally got a phone call after two horrific weeks in captivity in Gaza and was looking for what was written about her while she was away. However, statements from other family members later confirmed Natalie's brother, Ben, had been in contact with Mr. King. In a statement posted on his since-deleted Instagram page, Ben said he had been in contact with the activist because he knew he had many connections within the Palestinian government. So Ben has connections within, I mean, uh, Sean King allegedly has connections within the Palestinian government. This guy just reeks of Langley. Uh, he added a terrible Langley uh, uh, agent, if he is one. Uh, he added, while he has some political disagreements with Mr. King, we both agree that human life is the most sanctified value on this earth. Natalie's father, Yuri, also confirmed his son had been in contact with Mr. King, but distanced the family from the activist. We reached out to many people far and wide to bring Natalie and Judith to safety. We are not affiliated, Mr. King. Ben, my son, was talking to him with was talking uh, with him without anybody in the family knowing about it until today. Our family in Israel posted a statement denying we knew him before we learned about Ben talking to him. We have nothing further to say, he added. Mr. King hit back accusations that he was lying, posting screenshots of a correspondent with Ben who he claimed is a longtime supporter of mine. He said Ben first got in touch with him on October 9th for helping in finding and rescuing his sister two days after Hamas terrorists stormed into Israel, killing more than 1,400 people, taking hostages across the Gaza border. He added that he and Ben spoke and messaged over 100 times after that day. Mr. King said that he had recorded all conversations with Ben, allegedly for his own protection, though it is not clear if Ben knew he was being taped. 
Again, dude reeks of Langley. He's glowing. Uh, screenshots posted uh, by Mr. King show uh, he told Ben he was pushing hard behind the scenes. Now, remember I told you Palestine is the new BLM? Look, Sean King recognized that and came to leech off of it just like he came to leech off of BLM. He saw a similar hustle. Screenshots posted by Mr. King showed uh, he told Ben he was pushing hard behind the scenes for the release of the Ronins. He also suggested the family should get an experienced hostage negotiator on board to help with the release of the two ladies. It's unclear what exact role Mr. Kling played in the release of the hostages. Yes, it's very unclear. It's very, very unclear. Basically, what Sean King did was he grifted, right? This is the grift report. So I'm going to call out the grifters. Basically, what it is, he's grifted. He saw an opportunity and he said, oh, wow, look at this family. I've done this before. I'll do it again. I'm going to grift off of the family. I'm going to show you some other instances where he's grifted off families in the past. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Um, Actually, let's just hop right into it right now. So uh, Tamir Rice, everybody know Tamir Rice, um, which is one of the more tragic incidents that that occurred um, during the rising of BLM. Tamir Rice, 13 year old boy, was playing with a toy gun in a park. Police came and shot him. Uh, it was crazy. It was some like when you watch the video footage. You know, you could argue about Mike Brown. You can argue about Sean Garner. You can argue about Trayvon Martin. You cannot argue about what happened to Tamir Rice. The car wasn't even stopped and the police officer was hopping out, shooting and shit like he was Dukes of Hazard. It's absolutely crazy. Um, I don't even remember if Dukes of Hazards had guns, but you get the picture. Um, it says here the author posted an, art, author posted an article. He wrote in regard to a recent conversation with Samaria Rice, the mother of 12-year-old Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice was 12 years old, uh, who was shot and killed by police back in 2014. Rice chastised King uh, for sharing the content of their conversation and accused him of impersonating a black man in an Instagram post on Tuesday. So Tamir Rice, who was murdered, his mother says, why is he sharing our conversation on social media? Well, because he's got a grift. That's why, because he's an artist of the scam type. And she said he was impersonating a black man. <laughs> oh, this is a real hotel, brother. <laughs> Sean King, why do you think it's so important to tell folks we had a conversation? Well, we talked and everything that was said was very toxic and uncomfortable for me to hear that you raised additional money then said you did not want to bother me, Rice wrote. So basically, he already had a fund set up, and then Sean King went and set up another one so he can get his cut off of, off of the work, quote-unquote, he does. During a conversation with the Gree on Wednesday, King referred to his conversation with Rice as positive and warm. Uh, he said the meeting came about after individuals from their respective teams were in contact with each other in hopes of getting Tamir's case reopened. He claims they all sat down on Friday, including Rice. And since the meeting, their staffs had been in communication every day. Personally, I don't understand how you sleep at night. I never gave you permission to raise anything along with the United States. Uh, you robbed me of the death of my son, wrote Rice. So she says right here, I never gave you permission to raise anything. Let's highlight this because I'm sure we'll be revisiting this again, unfortunately, because people still haven't learned to listen. You know, I've had I, I, I've spoken to people who are associates of mine and <clears throat> I've seen them, you know, uh, they've shared posts 
with me. Like, oh, look at this post. I was like, yeah, you follow Sean King. They're like, yeah, what's wrong with Sean King? He does good work. He cares about us. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. So there's still people. Um, I remember Combat Jack. I always tell the story when Sean King pops up in the news. Uh, Reggie Ossi. R.I.P. Reggie Ossi. Combat Jack. But um, I made that video. And Combat Jack hit me up. We were in contact. I've been on his podcast, The Combat Jack Show. And um, this is one of the early, early podcasts. Probably be super huge right now. It was super huge back then. But um, he was like, yo, why are you going so hard on Sean King? You know, are you sure? Now, Reggie Ossie's an attorney, so he's he's got to be very specific with accusations and things. So he's like, are you sure he's a scam artist? I'm like, bro, I can smell it on him. He's like, do you have any proof? I'm like, no, I can smell it on him. And, he, you know, we had a little bit of argument. Uh, it was... Um, it wasn't a heated argument or anything like that. It was just, you know, he's an attorney and he wanted to know. He generally wanted to know, did I have any proof that Sean King was a scam artist? And I was like, no, I just know he is because he just he just smells fishy. And I was just wondering how nobody else could tell that this dude smelled fishy. Like he just, it just, maybe I have a sixth sense for this shit. I have like a, a sixth sense for the grift where I can just be like, oh, that person's a grifter. Yeah, don't trust that person and don't trust them and don't trust them and don't trust them. It, it, I get it from my mom. My mom is the type of person where you walk in a room and you talk and the more you talk, the more she knows who you are. And she used to do this thing with my friends where she like, all right, that's a good friend. That's a bad friend. That's a good friend. And that's a bad friend. And she'd be able to point it out to me. And my dad is more of the, so my, my, my both my mom and my dad have a, 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 a an intuition for the grift. My mom's version is more intellectual where she needs to hear you speak. And my dad is more like, he just picks up on the vibe. As soon as you walk in the room, he can just tell if somebody is up to no fucking good. He'll tell you on himself. He can just tell when somebody's up to no good. And, um, so I picked this up from my parents, my mom, I can pick up the grifter because of her intellectual prowess in the matter. And my dad through his intuitive prowess of the matter. So I can just pick up on who's a grifter and I don't need any evidence. I'll just tell you, look, that person's a grifter. You'll find out one day. And again, I, like I showed you the video 2015, I told you here it is 2023 and people still fucking don't get it. It's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, so that's the Tamir Rice situation. Let's close that. Let's come here. We got another one. Black Twitter calls out Sean King after he deactivates social media accounts. So there's a whole bunch of stuff here on Yahoo News. Uh, so bad that they lit into his ass um, that he deactivated his account. Now, they didn't do this until 2021. Now, when I lit into his ass, they lit into my ass and told me I was jealous of Sean King. But really, I was just trying to warn them. So 2015, I said, yo, this dude is he's he's funny money. And it takes them six years to uh, get hip. Let's go to the next story. Yeah, this is how bad it gets. Uh, here we have another story right here. This is Ebony Magazine. Uh, Ebony Magazine's a staple in the black community. When I was a young kid, I always wanted to be on the cover of Ebony Magazine. Now that I realize the difference between leftist and right politics, I understand this is no longer a possible dream. And it probably shouldn't be because uh, they're just a leftist organization. So it says here, activist Sean King accused of scamming customers in regard to his real one clothing line. And they have this tweet right here. It says, Ashley Ray. She says, hello. It has been eight months since Sean King launched a quote unquote private clothing line that sold $165 hoodies. 
there hasn't been an update since October. The entire Instagram has been deleted and the last existing comments were people saying they still hadn't gotten their orders. So again, where there's smoke, there's probably fire. Now I'm going to go to the next one. And the next one is the most damning case of all when it comes to Sean King. You know, when you're dealing with grifters, you gotta, sometimes the, the a fellow grifter has to expose another grifter. Uh, who is this? Um, somebody just became a hotep initiate. Thank you. Uh, welcome. Appreciate you. Four month subscription. Salute. Let's go to the damning. Now this is the damning part. Okay. I, um, I called out this sucker too, DeRay McKesson. Y'all remember Mr. Blue Vest? You don't need no reminders. There's Mr. Blue Vest. Mr. Blue Vest writes on medium on Sean King. He starts off here with the word integrity. Now, I called out Mr. Blue Vest, and I said he was a grifter, too. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. And I'm going to show you exactly how he exposes one grifter and exposes himself. And um, I'll show you. So uh, right here, uh, I'm not going to read all this, but we'll do some good quick skimming. It says, uh, Sean has followed a uniform pattern over the years, a pattern that has compelled me to speak up again. This is the first time I have done so, and I am not alone. Janetta Elsie and I were in previous public disagreement with Sean about his uh, issues of transparency and ethics that ended his apology. Sean also deleted all of his tweets and noted that he would focus on journalism and would not engage in attempted organizing or fundraising. Remember, he said not engage in attempted organizing or fundraising. Well, what exactly did he do recently? He attempted to do organizing and fundraising or fundraising. Importantly, he made his commitment to others, both publicly and privately. All right, let's go to the next thing. Uh, he said, it's important to note that Sean's journalism has done some good by bringing attention to stories that may have gone underreported or overlooked. But the person who paints your house before he steals your car has still committed theft. Okay, let's scroll down here. Says, um, I tried previously to engage offline to resolve these tensions, but his behaviors did not change. There's a formula that he employs when people ask questions or highlight contradictions, uh, issue an unconditional denial, attack the character of the person asking questions. That's what he did to me, Hotep Jesus. Argue that white supremacists are attacking him or his family. Uh, respond, and most people on the left do that, uh, respond only to the least salient of all points raised, then issue a statement akin to an apology. But he does not often answer any of the questions or offer any resolution of contradictions raised, but instead deflects. What's more, he often bullies and intimidates those who ask questions at all, turning his ire, especially at black women. Attempting to scare inquirers into silence. Now, I want to jump right to this next section before we go to his detailed list of grift expose. With few exceptions, I have largely stayed out of the public disagreements within activism and organizing, even when I have been the focus of people's frustration. In general, I now realize that many have mistaken my silence for surrender or support. My reticence stemmed from the advice from elders that told me that disagreeing in public would distract the collective space from the work at hand and only empower those against whom we fight, notably white supremacists. No. So I'm going to tell you exactly what happened here. What happened was his association with Sean King started to ruin his brand 
And it was only then that he decided to expose Sean King, which means he was basically harboring a uh, community criminal. Okay, for lack of a better term, he was harboring a community criminal. He was protecting him by not outing him, knowing that he was grifting off of people, grifting off of the innocent, grifting off of victims. So until it says right here, his silence was mistaken for surrender or support. That's when he decided to say something, because now it was like, wait, wait, this is hurting my brand. Now I have to expose them. Now I have to expose them. So Doreen McKesson jumps out the window and decides, OK, now's the great time. So let's go into some of the things he details. And if anybody knows about scamming and grifting, it's definitely going to be Doreen McKesson. He said, Sean invited me to be a board member of Justice Together, one of the first organizations he began after the initial 2014 protests focused on ending police violence. Uh, R.I.P. Darren Sills. Anytime you talk about this time period, you always have to say R.I.P. to Darren Sills. Uh, I accepted while noting that we needed to have a conversation about fundraising and finances because Janetta, my friend and colleague and I, were mindful about anything we attach our name to that included fundraising. Sean led the organization. Its chapters had primary communication with its members. There were no regularly scheduled updates and the board did not interface consistently with organization volunteers or finances. Shortly after the launch phase, I began to get emails from volunteers, members. Uh, who expressed a range of concerns about Sean's leadership being silenced within organizations, Slack groups or removed wholesale. So once people spoke up, he basically removed them from the Slack. When they disagreed or challenged him, slow or no communication regarding plans and being asked only to amplify his specific ideas and no others. I forwarded the specific concerns to him so that he could address them. He told me he'd address the concerns and largely dismissed them as little more than the opinions of disgruntled volunteers or trolls who had infiltrated the groups. Findings. When people disagreed, they were removed from the group or it was stated that they were white supremacists or trolls. Right. Ad homs. We still don't know how much money was raised or spent. So let's go back to the beginning. What do you say right here? He was one of the board members of Justice Together. So him and Sean King were in cahoots. So when I called out Sean King and I called out DeRay McKesson is because I saw potential fraudulence in their work. Let's play the video one more time. First, it was funny money with the Haitian donations. Then it was funny money with the Trayvon Martin donations. His family already had a fund set up, but Sean King created his own. Hmm, hmm I, I wonder, wonder why. why. Then it was funny money with the Tamir Rice donations. Moms never saw that money. You could Google that story. Then it was funny money with Bree Newsom when she climbed the pole and he promised to give her that money and she never saw that. He's funny money. Get this Rachel Dolezal in the face ass nigga the fuck out of here, yo. All right, let's come back. I just got to remind people. Just got to remind people, okay? If I call somebody out, just, just, just mark them off and go, all right, they're done. They're done. And I can list all of your influencers that are on the do not listen list. But even if I told you they're on a do not listen list, you're still going to listen to them. So just do what you may. Um, and you probably some of you will get mad at me like, how are you going to say they're a grifter? All right. You'll find out one day. Uh, just like these people found out about Sean King. Anyway, let's come back. Um, 
We still don't know how much was spent or raised. On July 24, 2015, Sean sent out an email that said that Justice Together had raised a little over $11,000 in two hours. A few months later, on November 9, 2015, in the midst of questions about the funds, he emailed volunteers saying that Justice Together only raised a little more than $9,000 online and a $10,000 donation from a board member and a grant for a podcast of seventeen five. In a post on November 20th, 2015, he says that he returned 100% of the donations raised, a total of $9,700. But what about the $10,000 donation and the $1,700 grant? These amounts suddenly stopped appearing in all records. It is not clear that taxes were ever filed for Justice Together. Shout out to Hotep Nation. We do file our taxes every year. We are a nonprofit organization supporting homeschooling communities. Um, a major state of directors detailed their experiences with Justice Together. Um, the majority of state directors of Justice Together wrote an open letter explaining their thoughts at the end of the organization. It can be read here. Let's open that up. Here it is. Open letter from former directors of Justice Together. And you guys can read through that. The names are there. Let me see if I recognize any of these names. Um, hmm. No, no, just a, just a note. A lot of women. I see a lot of women here. Uh, Rebecca, Monica, Carol, Beth, Chandra, Aisha, Caroline, Denise, Samantha, Sarah, Emily, Shayla, Hannah, Karina, Julie, Crystal, Holly, Jasmine, Sherry, Nicole, Alessandra. So a lot of women here, a lot of women mad. And again, this is who they usually employ, the white liberal. The women are usually good at organizing anyway, so it makes sense that they were a part of that. But anyway, all those women outing Sean King. Uh, says here, Sean unilaterally disbanded the just justice together board in the midst of questions being asked by the board. So as soon as he began to be questioned, he was like, all right, I'm disbanding the board. After questions began to service, Sean sent an email officially disbanding justice together with no notice to the board members. He then removed all names of board members from the site. The board learned of these actions as everyone else did publicly. <laughs> How is this dude still around? How is it still people that trust this guy? How? <laughs> All because he throws rocks at your enemy, right? So he says, you know, oh, white supremacists and right wingers bad, right? It's the same thing that right wing um, influencers do to dupe people into following them and donating to them or whatever the fuck it is they do with their time and money. But you know, all oh, the left be bad. Look at the trans people. Look at the niggas looting. You know, that sort of situation. Everybody follows them and thinks they're so fucking great. Meanwhile, they haven't put out anything worth a damn. Uh, let's continue. Um, it's, it's just the same thing on both sides. The grift is the grift. Uh, the challenges with Justice Together were foreshadowed by the other organization. He began to disband it immediately beforehand. Justice, that's all. Former members of Justice, that's all, wrote an open letter detailing their experience. And you can see that here. So there's another organization that he ran. This one coming 2015. Keep in mind, I expose him in August 2015. His own board members out him November 
of 2015. You can go read that. Um, I don't recognize any of these names. Again, more women. Let's come back and close those letters. So just consistently being outed and everybody. August 30th, 2019 accounting report. He, however, waited to release a statement, RE finances until August 30th, 2019. The statement raised more questions than answers. The panel was not independent. Independent would mean that the panel was comprised of people who did not have a previous relationship with Sean. Each of the people on the panel had a relationship with Sean. He details that he did not raise millions. He took credit for other people's work. Now, this is something he's very, very good at. Right. This is what he did with the hostages pretty much. Right. Uh, the hostages were released and he goes, look at the great work we did, y'all. So let's flash back and see what DeRay McKesson says. He says he has previously made statements that he has raised millions since the movement began. In 2015, Sean said that he raised 500,000 since the protest began. In 2017, he said he raised over 5 million since the same time frame. Now he is saying that he raised 34.5 million since 2014. How does he get to 34.5 as the number he raised? He takes credit for 100% of all funds for any fundraiser whose link he has ever posted online in an email blast or a retweet. So basically he goes, you had a fundraiser. I retweeted it. If you raised a million dollars, I raised a million dollars. Uh, for instance, $20 million of the $34 million is from the fundraiser started by Charlotte and Dave Wilner that raised $20 million for immigration organizations and broke the fundraising record on, on Facebook. The origin of this fundraiser has been widely reported. This would be aching to me saying that I fully paid your child's college tuition because I posted the link to the college fund or that I raised millions of dollars. Uh, in one minute because I amplified the latest fundraiser fundraiser for the Red Cross. He knew that this logic was misleading at best. In 2015, he defended himself against claims that he misappropriated funds for those meant for Bree Newsom. Yes, the following quote is written in the third person, but is written by himself. He wrote in total $125,705 was raised from 4,943 people. Sean estimates that his efforts were probably responsible for somewhere near a relatively small amount, $15,000 of the total amount raised. But now in a latest report, he takes credit for 100% of those funds raised. And he goes on to say, number three here, the numbers do not add up. If you take the total amount listed in a statement and match it against the numbers and actual fundraisers that have been linked to, there are two different amounts. For instance, the Dakota Access Pipeline cash item listed in the August 30th, uh, 30th statement is at 388000 but the link listed has the amount 378402 This is one of many misattributions in the report. Real Justice Pact paid for ads to highlight the report. So Real Justice PAC and Action PAC, whose funds are supposed to be going to support elected, uh, electing uh, prosecutors across the country and fighting racism, respectively, paid for ads to amplify the statement about Sean's personal fundraising on social media. So he's using the funds to basically fund himself. The ads are not related to either of the stated purposes of the PACs. <laughs> Thank you, DeRay McKessa, for this wonderful detailed report on this scammer, this grifter. The August 2019 report claims to represent finances since 2013, but skips over 2013 data. Let's continue. Um, uh, flip the Senate. Sean announced Flip the Senate, noting that the organization 
would reclaim the Senate in all 50 states in 2020, but in reality, only 34 of the 100 seats were up for re-election in 2020. <laughs> so he said, we're going to flip 50, but only 34 of them are actually up for re-election. Jesus Christmas. Uh, people also quickly noted that if he indeed was focused on the Senate, then people should give money directly to the candidates and not to an umbrella organization. <laughs> Exactly. Then following public pressure, Shaw noted that Flipper's Senate would direct people to give directly to the candidates. <laughs> but this was only his public stance as in emails. He is still asking for donations to the organization and not asking people to donate to the candidates. So public face and he's like, look, no, donate to the candidates in his emails. He's like, look, donate to me. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Red Record L. Sean was going to launch a podcast called Red Record. It appears that he was subsuming this under uh, Justice Together as well as working on it separately. According to Oriel, he recruited a young black organizer to assist him, then lied to her, removed her from the project and proceeded alone. He used her ideas, but then discarded her. She writes about her experiences here. So here's another open letter uh, publicly about Sean King, which she's now retracted, apparently. I know why, because Sean King does a great job of scrubbing his information from the Internet, the negative uh, press. Here we have a screenshot. It says, he sent me the voicemail. Actually, you know what? I don't think I can read this because... I'm blocked. That's what it is. I'm blocked by this person. Let's confirm. Yeah, I'm blocked. Everybody see that right there? I'm blocked. So again, why am I blocked? Because I was calling out the Black Lives Matter scam. I told this woman, not directly, indirectly, by telling everybody Sean King is a scam artist. Now she's got an open letter about this scam artist I tried to warn her about, but I'm blocked. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, sis. Anyway, he sent me the voicemail when I called him back. Uh, he did not answer text messages. He would not email me back. Later, I found out that Sean King was moving forward on a podcast by himself. It was all the ideas I helped curate. Confused. Crazy. Crazy. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> It is unclear where the money raised for the Red Record went, given that no podcast was ever produced. Wow. So he raised money for the podcast and never produced a podcast. <laughs> mountain climbing. In 2011, Sean began raising money to climb seven mountains and quit after four days. There is a substantive thread here. It's probably deleted or is it still there? I literally. Oh, uh, here we go. Imani Gandhi. Uh, who does not have me blocked um, says I literally can't get over the fact that Sean King raised thousands of dollars to climb seven mountains, including demanding people give him airline credits so that his family could fly to Seattle with him and then quit four days after four days. <laughs> I didn't know about that one. <laughs> Hold on, let's play the video. This is great. 
Guys, I have this idea. I came up with it all by myself. Okay, bear with me. What if we flipped the Senate? <gasps> all right, no, I thought she was gonna do some expose. She's just being funny. Hilarious. So Sean King says he's gonna climb seven mountains, takes donations for it and goes, ah, no, I changed my mind. <laughs> This goes back to uh, uh, 2011. Fresh Mike said, how is he not in jail? That's a really good question, Mike. It, I mean, this dude is the most slithering man on the planet. In 2013, Sean charged people $49.99 to teach them how to plan their lives. He did not follow through with these commitments. And the comment page highlights the people uh, issues he faced. Um, here we go. Here are the comments to, to today. I have not received a hard copy of the book, a refund of my money, or even a courtesy of a response, despite providing you with all the requested information. Please respond. Also, I'm waiting for electronic copies have emailed three times now. No response. Sean updates on the PDF. I've never received a survey. Uh, and the email ad you shared said to be, it'd be emailed two to three weeks ago. Hey, Sean, still waiting on that PDF. Okay, we got one person to say she got it. I received my book this weekend. So, some people receiving it. He probably made good after a certain amount of time, but how much did he raise here? 274 backers, $17,000 raised. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Let's go back. Um, That was Life Goals University. This dude is the griftiest, man. Um, silencing and misstating facts. All right. So yeah, officer Hubbard, Jasmine Bard, Jasmine Barnes was a seven year old who was killed in Harris County, Texas. Sean publicly accused Robert Cantrell of the murder and led an online campaign to bring him into police justice. It was quickly determined that Cantrell was not the murderer and that this had not been properly vetted before it was reported by Sean as fact. Senator Leahy. Uh, Sean reported this fact that Senator Leahy did not have any black members of his senior staff. This was a false statement for which Sean never offered clarity. Organizing with no outcomes. Woke folks. Sean began woke folks. Oh, so Sean is the one fucked up the word woke. Oh, my God. See, we, we said it was white people that fucked up the word woke and it was Sean King. Uh, Sean began woke folks in 2017 as an online community, largely via email and Facebook to share information, spread news and to serve as the parent organization for the injustice boycott and several other initiatives. It appears that he did this until this community could be repurposed into the North Star. If you visit the woke folks page today, you will note that it goes directly to the North Star. It was a short lived project that became a bridge for another project. So that's another thing he does. He like. Uh, this is what I was talking about before. Like when I say like Palestine is a new BLM, this is this is the direct parallel that I'm talking about, right? So, using Sean King as an example, what he does is he leapfrogs projects, right? So, uh, he'll start Project A. Project A will begin a you know get all these women and all these people and they'll organize and they'll drive up the size of the email list. The email list would then raise money from the email list, right? Then it's basically some Ozark situation where he sets up another shell company, right? So then organization A 
dissolves, but he still has this, that contact list. So he just moves it to a new organization, still has the contact list. They still know Sean King, but it's a new organization. And now it's a new cause, new organization, new cause. Rinse and repeat ad infinitum. Same thing with the with the uh, Palestine situation. BLM is just organization A. Once that issue is over, they go to the next issue. Move the same contact list over, organize people in the streets. It's that simple. Make sure you put Palestinians in the front. Make sure you put Palestinians next to the cameras to hide all the white and black faces in the back. Mostly white faces. Um, it's all a, a big media hoax. Uh, injustice boycott. Sean began the injustice boycott in 2016 on the 61st anniversary of the Montgomery boycott as a coordinated effort to boycott cities that engage in practices against the interests of people of color. He, he fundraised for the organization, as people noted that they donated. Needless to say, the organization did not accomplish any boycotts, sustained actions or have any recognizable impact. Nearly 80,000 people joined the mailing list for the initiative, but there were no boycotts. The injustice boycott does not appear at all in the most recent accounting offered by Sean King. So I'm just talking about that contact list, right? So he has this contact list. And this one, that's what I'm trying to say is these demonstrations you see in the streets operate off of contact lists. They operate off of mailing lists. With that being said, go to hotepjesus.com and join my mailing list. But that's how these people organize. They have these massive email lists, massive. I mean, 80,000 from one. Do you know what the size of his email list is probably by now? It's probably like half a million to a million, right? So if you ever did want to organize, all he does is send out one email. And this is way more effective than social media. Social media, you're hiding behind the algorithms. That's why I said subscribe to my email list so that you can get my information direct, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so, yeah, that's the... Um, expose of Sean King uh, clip that um, Uncle Hotep in the chat Uncle Hotep says Sean King is innocent of these bogus charges <laughs> oh my god Unc stay trolling Unc stay trolling you know he always gonna come in here and cape for the white man you know that you know that Uncle Troll Tep. Uncle Clone Tep. So let's play it one more time. Just in case people forgot who Ben told you. Let's play it one more time. First it was funny money with the Haitian donations. Then it was funny money with the Trayvon Martin donations. His family already had a fund set up, but Sean King created his own. Hmm, I wonder why. Then it was funny money with the Tamir Rice donations. Moms never saw that money. You could Google that story. Then it was funny money with Bree Newsom when she climbed the pole and he promised to give her that money and she never saw that. He's funny money. Get this Rachel Dolezal in the face ass nigga the fuck out of here, yo. 2015. 2015. Tried to warn people. Tried to warn people. Why can't I see? View post engagements. Why can't I see?
Why can't I see the comments? I'm looking at the quote Pete tweets and everybody's saying, yeah, another hotel has been told you moment. <sighs> but I can't see the comments. Why can't I see the comments? Anyway, let's go to the next story today. We ain't going to spend all day on this grifter. We got about 10 minutes left here before we open up phone lines. You want to get on the phone lines, text Hotep in your name to 202-596-5631. Text Hotep in your name to 202-596-5631. Hold on, there's some people grifting. What is this? Israel under fire. Hamas, Iran, Hezbollah. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure there's some quality conversation in there. Um, Let's go back. Um, What do we got in here? Let's play this. Let's play this clip. Which is uh, the city that my father lived there for hundreds of years with this uh, father and the grandfather and great-grandfather and so on. When uh, a ship came from Poland with refugees, Jewish refugees from Poland and yeah. Germany, whatever, and they went to several, several countries first, went to America and then went to Cuba and they won't let them off. So they came to Haifa. And funny enough, is Haifa is a, is a port that my great-grandfather built. And they had a banner on the side of their boat saying, uh, we lost our homes in Germany and our hope. Can you don't let us our hope in, uh, here in, in your country? So, and they took them, they took two families, each took two families and others did, and they brought them to our house, to my father's house. Uh, and they lived with us for two and a half years. And uh, when I was, my mother was pregnant with me. My mother went to Nazareth to her parents' house. She had me. And I was nine days old when she came back to Safed to take me inside our home. And we were locked out. The fact I came back home and they wouldn't even let us in, into our home when my mother begged them to, to get a Shershev or a something to put around me they won't let her so she moved on down to the refugee camp in syria somewhere so bella hadid or Gigi hadid some shit like that i guess um yeah bella and Gigi hadid their dad claims that they took in a jewish family and then when they left and came back the jewish family took over or some shit like that i don't know if i'm pro-palestine or pro-israel today depends on how i'm feeling i haven't decided yet I change my mind every day because both of the motherfuckers need to be exposed. None of the motherfuckers is clean at all. Um, all right, let's get into some big brain shit. Let's get into some big brain shit. Check this out. Let's go to the AI update of the day. Shout out to Syscoin, our tech update of the day. Hey, keep in mind. Keep in mind. Listen, 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 listen. Put y'all up on something, right? Pay attention. If you want to bet on me, you want to bet on Goldstein, Uncle Hotep, Cannon Hotep, join the telegram in the box below. This is your chance to make some money off of the Hotep community. If you think we can put together a community, as you see here, if you think we can duplicate the same thing in the crypto world, if you believe that, 
You can get an ROI on whatever it is you stake. You stake five bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks, 1,000 bucks. Although this is the crypto world, so we're not transacting in United States dollars. We're transacting in cryptocurrency. So you will get a return in cryptocurrency. If you want to be a part of that revolution, if you want to make some, or if you believe you can get a return by staking on us, hit the link in the description box below. It says get access to the airdrop group. Join that. It's going to bring you to the telegram and just wait. Once the app is ready, should be ready in a couple of weeks, a month, something like that. We're communicating in the chat to let you know. You can join right there and hopefully you stake on me. And if you stake on me, I get paid. You get paid. We all get paid. The bigger the group, the more money we make. So you're also incentivized to help grow the group. Hit that link in the description box below. You have been warned. All right, let's go back. The U.S. Navy is using AI. Now they're using AI particularly to help pilots um, land on, you know, aircraft carriers and, uh, and such. Um, it says without AI pilots made around 300 adjustments during the last moments of a landing with AI, this number reduced drastically. So the only question I have is how long until the Terminator bot gets here? But again, as we said before, AI is the ultimate assistant. If the pilots are using it to land on, you know, the aircraft carrier, you know, probably calculating things like wind speed and drag and G forces and all types of other stuff that I'm not trained to understand. The AI can do math very well, calculations very quickly. So they're using AI and they're saying that AI has made landings easier, boosting pilots confidence and adding enjoyment to the challenging task. Now, landing on an aircraft carrier is very uh, stressful. Um, with AI, they're finding that it makes it easier because it's doing the calculations on the fly and they don't have to make these adjustments. So AI is being used by the United States Navy. They also in the article here on foxnews.com mentioned um, China and the implications of using AI to, um, you know, even the playing field with China. Jonathan Stewart, his show was sacked because um, his comments about AI in China. Now, Apple is about to roll out AI, you know, any probably definitely within the next year. The next phone is probably going to be don dominated by AI. Your new Android phone is probably going to be dominated with AI if it not has not already. And, uh, you know, the comments on China is, is a big market for Apple. So. AI is a big market for Apple. China's a big market for Apple. And Jonathan Stewart is basically, he's fucking the money up. So they uh, agreed to part ways. Um, overseas, government officials are using AI to make decisions on benefits, marriage licenses, and more. Now, the interesting thing about this is it says um, the Metropolitan Police Police's facial recognition, uh, facial recognition tool has shown biases, particularly in recognizing black faces. Now, I said this was going to happen before because the media has been so disproportionately racist towards black people that 
the AI is trained off of humanity. And if humanity has been extremely racist, then the AI is going to be racist. The AI is going to be biased. So you have people running around, you know, writing 13 and 50 on the Internet. The AI goes, OK, black people bad. So obviously it's going to follow suit. And this is something I, I warned people about before. Not that I had any insight. It just made sense. I'm like, if the AI is trained off of humanity and humanity fucking, especially mainstream media is like utterly racist and makes black people look like they can't do anything for themselves, then the AI is probably going to act in kind. Um, it says the uh, home office's uh, algorithm for detecting fake marriages has been biased against certain nationalities. And I didn't mention here, but I'm sure they're talking about our wonderful redacted people. Um, let's go to the next story. Let's go back. Hold on a second. We're gonna, we got we got to go into that was the AI update. We got a CBDC update of the day. This one's really interesting. Three stories here. Uh, first one, China, they got a petrol CBDC. They just uh, completed their first cross-border oil transaction using their uh, digital renminbi. And this one was for one million barrels of oil. So their cross-border transaction CBDC, it's fully functional. Um, it says the exporter involved was not mentioned, but there were recent digital currency agreements between China and the UAE, which I reported on in the past as well. So China and the UAE, potentially UAE, uh, are doing transactions using a wholesale CBDC. Uh, it says the CBDC transaction took place on the Shanghai Oil and Gas Trading Center platform. Um, so again, uh, as the Western world, um, you know, creates a bigger divide between them and the Eastern world, the Eastern world becomes more interdependent, codependent. Let's go to the next story. Um, the digital Euro project enters the next stage on October 18th. Um, so they said here, I think it was November what? Uh, November 1st. Yes. Yeah, so the preparatory stage begins November 1st and will span about two years. So that means 2025 it will be here. Now I estimate that the U.S. CBDC will be here around the same time, 2025. Let me think. Yeah, that would make sense because uh, 2026 would be 8, 9, 10, 1. Yeah, so maybe mm, August. Yeah, maybe August of 2025 would make sense. 9 is the number of completion. Uh, that would be the completeness of control over humanity. So yeah, 2025 makes sense. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to do some numerology conspiracy theory work right there. Um, so it says, uh, post prep 2025 EU legislation process decision to issue a CBDC. So obviously it's got to go through the legislation, right? ECB, the ECB is the um, European Central Bank, claims that starting preparations doesn't confirm the digital euros issuance. Again, this is the same shit they keep telling us about the U.S. CBDC. They claim that, oh, yeah, we're doing all this preparatory stuff, but it doesn't confirm that there's going to be an issuance of the digital euro. 
there's not going to be an issuance of a CBDC. So you are doing all this prep work, but you're not expecting to issue it. You haven't confirmed that you're going to issue it. <laughs> okay. You got it. EU parliament and, and council have to make the final decision on that. Um, they claim that um, it's the digital version of cash allowing private offline tra uh, payments. Um, I heard uh, the governor of the central bank of India. He, um, he said that, Oh, of course there's going to be cash because what if the internet goes down? And I just thinking to myself, I'm like, yo, you know, the CBDC works with offline payments as well. Um, so he might be you know, a little behind on the tech, but at least they mention it here. Um, the European central bank mentioned offline payments. Um, but it's definitely not the digital version of cash. It's just not, you know, digital version of cash would be uh, completely 100% private and uh, voluntary. Uh, Christine Lagarde, the uh, European Central Bank president, claims digital euro would coexist with physical cash. So she makes the same claim that there will be cash. But we all know they're trying to phase out physical cash. And the other thing is like, who's cash and, and who will actually have cash? Would people have cash or would there be authorized organizations that carry cash for specific purposes? Who knows? Access to digital euro services would be through banks, a European system app or cards. Well, it's not a bank account. So they'll have an app for it. We saw that with the Indian um, CBDC. Where I showed you the test pilot video on here in the past. Central Bank of Argentina fast tracks to work on their CBDC on October 18th. Uh, Juan Augustin Dianteles Nogurera uh, of the Argentina Central Bank confirms they are drafting legislative framework for the digital peso, a.k.a. a CBDC. Interestingly enough, so Argentina is working on the legislation. They want to welcome Jason Jillian and black market Nick um, to our, uh, they just joined the group to stake on the hoteps in our hotep community. Welcome. Um, uh, so it says the CBDC project will be presented to Congress uh, soon, the Argentina Congress soon. So again, you can't have a CBDC unless it's legal. So there's legislative things that are happening. And there's legislative stuff that's happening here in the United States to make this stuff official. And uh, we've covered that in the past. Those hearings, shout out to uh, Rep. Emmer for putting forth the anti-CBDC surveillance bill. Um, let's go to the phone lines. Text HOTEP in your name to 202-596-5631. HOTEP in your name to 202-596-5631. And we'll be right back after this short, brief commercial break.